0: There was two wolves across the river, and at the moment that I caught them, they were kind of up on their back feet, kind of pawing at each other, playing, and then uh, they immediately hit the ground and started running up the river. First bear that we saw this morning, I just had vision just sugar plums dancing in my head because the, the background where this bear was located was just incredible.
1: When a sow gets, they behave very differently in the mating season, both blacks and grizzlies. So when a sow comes into heat, she purposefully breeds with two, three, or four different males during her heat. Welcome to Wild and Exposed with your hosts, Michael Morrow, Ron Hayes, and Mark Raycroft. Coming to you live from Alberta, Canada in the Northern Rockies. Day one of our adventure of this podcast series into the wilderness to film all kinds of wildlife and landscapes and in specific, I mean one of our primary interests are bears, black bears and grizzly bears. It's mating season, lots of spring growth, opportunity to see them and very excited that you guys have joined me. I've been here for a couple of days already and have uh, scoted around and had some luck and some quiet time and and today was our first full day in the field and
2: it was i think very good how would you rate it after all the years
1: how would i rate today mm-hmm. i would <laughs> give i would give today this in all honesty i'd give it a uh, six six or seven out of ten seven what out 10. really yeah i'd give it like a four you know what made it? Sorry, go ahead, Ron.
0: Based on now, how many years have you been coming up here, Mike?
2: Five years. I think four or five years. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be five. That'd be five, five or six years. Yeah, maybe seven. Maybe four. But there's a lot of... <laughs> I would say that There, the number of four days that you have and the number of ten days that you have are probably minimal. There's a lot of middle days that are... A little bit better than today, but not a ten, right? Yeah,
1: but this was a this is an easy middle day to me, and and I'll tell you well, why in a minute. I mean, we
2: did get skunked, right? So I guess yeah, and I guess, I guess the whole thing is is well, a skunk day when we didn't yeah. I mean, we didn't it see happens. anything that would be a zero for or sure a one right it happens yeah but it's not part of much. the business
1: no not this often. time of year for bears not often
2: right
1: but but today okay we'll be wind the tape back to early morning. We're out there, we go out at daybreak, and we it didn't take any time at all, really. Within within an hour, we found a right. subject, and we, it was a beautiful black bear male that was searching for females, and we had a pretty decent photo shoot, in my opinion, on that bear to get things warmed up, get the dust off your cameras, and then...
0: Yeah, and th- even before that, we, uh, we ran into some other wildlife. We had a moose in the river, mm-hmm. and then... Not far up the road I looked just kind of caught some movement out the corner of my eye and uh, I saw two well, you're putting the ace card on the table right now Well uh, if you want me to hold off I can
1: <laughs> that was that was why I was gonna curve this in and, and easily justify the six or seven out of ten but we'll put go ahead put it on the table. This was magical and this was where having Ron on board for his first time to this part of the country, brings good luck and clearly that happened in this instance and so ron take it from there what happened
0: yeah so we're so yeah we're we're driving along this road that kind of parallels a river or at that point it was parallel in the river and i looked across the river and just caught some movement out the corner of my eye and i turned and uh, immediately there was there's was no mistake in it um there was two wolves across the river and At the moment that I caught them, they were kind of up on their back feet, kind of pawing at each other playing, and then uh, they immediately hit the ground and started running up the river. We were able to get stopped, and we didn't get a lot of shots, but for me, any any shots, any opportunities at, at a wolf, that's a good day. And I had, you know, we had talked on the way up here, actually in previous podcasts, we talked about my list the wish list and oh yeah uh, let's
2: revisit that <laughs> well, since yeah it's, it's starting we've got to revise it yeah but like because we've already hit because we've hit, so hit a couple i guess i'm gonna take back the four because there's no way you could hit your whole list and it'd be a four day right i think it's been a four day for me because i'm still sick and i'm just not motivated and i'm just sitting around in the car and i'm like oh there's a bear oh well you know <laughs> No, and I just don't feel like no. I just I haven't even but set up my video camera yet, so maybe that's what's jading me to, to okay. say it's a four. I'm okay. just not into the. If I could get rid of this cold and just get back on track, yeah, I it's think been long for sure. Getting the groove. So yeah. I I would take that back because after hearing all that and and I was there for all that, so you could probably take it to a six. Would you say a seven? Six to a seven. I would say you're right. Be- yeah,
1: because because of the wolves, they put it over the top. They added a couple points, for sure. For sure. And I only got one or two images, and they're they're very Mm -hmm. similar. Uh, But the point of it was the wolves weren't close. But at 500 millimeters, um, it was a great landscape scene with the wolves because you could put a bit of the river in the foreground, the shoreline, and then the clear northern forest as the backdrop.
0: Right behind them. And two
1: mature, beautiful gray wolves um, in stride, one glancing back. To me, it was a great image just to show their world. Mm-hmm. and that foreground being a river like those layers in the image i mean i, I really like that so if there was ever an opportunity not just a you know a, a super impressive wolf image but to show the landscape that they're in which is you know we've touched on that in previous podcast more and more interest these days in that type of composition mm-hmm. so i was really excited about that it was a thrilling moment to see them and, and get that in
0: yeah absolutely
1: and then the bears just kept rolling we found you know three more i, th- I think it was three more it was yeah, we did. Two uh, we saw. In a, in I a think a we saw the
0: same one twice.
1: In clearings that we were able to, you know, with our telephotos, get yep. close enough to to collect great images while they were walking along. And, mm-hmm. and some close-ups, some scenes again. So it was a fun morning. You know, what puts it over the top for a 10 or something? Well, I mean, there's other things that could have happened. And, and hopefully they will as the trip goes on and we podcast about it every day. But really, for a full opening day, I think it was great. And I'm, I'm happy about it because of, of how much we saw. And and for Ron being up here for his first time to encounter that many animals and the diversity. And
0: yeah, that was it was a great day.
1: We ended uh, the day seeing uh, a sow black bear with three cubs of the year that were super small and very cute and, and not having an opportunity to film them because of the weather, it changed to rain, and the, mm-hmm. and the cubs were were treed back in the forest as mother bears do while, while they forage. You know, that was natural behavior. and But we know the proximity, and maybe we'll have better luck um, tomorrow or the next day with that but that sighting was was cool oh, as yeah, well absolutely. And, and then uh ron and i had a big hike this today that was good uh as well just to hike some country and glass and saw lots of sign on that hike but no animals unfortunately but mm-hmm. we did some video clips along there and
0: we did get out of the car though so that was a bonus <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
1: it was great you know and and um Yeah, so those will be up on YouTube as we collect those, too, or on our social media sites. Mm -hmm. But Another thing, too, I mean, obviously we're doing this audio podcast and trying to reach as many people as we can, but all the images that we're talking about along these storylines, you know, through the show notes, you would be able to see those on our website and stuff, too. So just to say that quickly, you don't just have to visualize it in your minds. Um, Go see it. Check
2: it out. So, Ron, why don't you just give us your first impressions? Because we've talked about this for what? six weeks now eight weeks now oh, I, I couldn't wait to yeah get away from the office computer and and uh, get into the
1: wilderness for a spell with you guys and, and work on this fun project together right. so yeah it's great
0: that was the first impression is I'm definitely not in the office anymore Toto <laughs> so just getting off the plane and and driving through the country that we that we came through to get here it was incredible I mean the the landscapes were vast it It reminded me, actually, of the first time that I went to Alaska, and and the only thing that I could think is it doesn't matter, it wouldn't matter what direction you pointed your camera. There's a landscape waiting to happen. I mean, it's just beautiful country. And, uh, you know, we didn't see a lot of biodiversity on the way up. We did see some bears on the way up.
1: I'm giving gestures (laughs) for a bighorn ram, (laughs) full curl here with my hands for those (laughs) listening.
0: We didn't see a lot of biodiversity, but we did see some, some bighorn sheep and one a real large mature ram and then the bears on the way up here but then just looking at the country that we were going to experience it was it was amazing I mean you can just you can see you know the glaciers that kind of cut the rock to to form the country that we were in they're still well established and and still healthy areas and then uh, we went through some areas where that are known to maybe have some mountain goats we didn't Weren't fortunate enough to see any mountain goats, but we did see the sheep and then uh, bears while we were on the way up. And then when we got here, we were able to leave and and had another great encounter the first night. Last
1: night. Actually, yeah. Yeah, last evening. Yeah, if we go back to that, and we should. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that, you know, one of the things on the wish list was cubs and trees. So first thinking night, I made the list too easy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I think I came to that conclusion night one so first night
1: I worked so hard the days before you guys came here (laughs) to find everything to get your your list
0: to get those cubs in the tree get them
1: checked off so that you can relax (laughs) and just take it all in yeah
0: yeah and they you know it wasn't a it wasn't a dream shoot uh, but there were there were a couple opportunities to get you know uh, two cubs at a time on on one limb and get them biting the limb just triplets, kind of playing, right? I mean, yeah. There were triplets. There were three of them. That's very cool and, and kind of rare. So and yeah, and we did get to see. You know, mom brought them out of the tree, initially, and I don't. You know, they disappeared, so I don't know if she took them back there and nursed. You know, back behind cover, or or what she did, because it wasn't it wasn't long. You know, twenty minutes or so, and they were back up in the tree playing, having a good time, just being bear cubs, seeing yeah. the world for the first time.
1: Yeah, it was quite a drop off so, of ravine where they were, so it was yeah. easy for her to go back and, and we wouldn't know what they were doing and we just yeah, wait exactly. for her to come back to the fresh green growth that she was foraging along the edge for. Mm-hmm. Dandelions, they love those this time of year and the fresh grass.
2: And s- yeah. So what is on your list then? I forgot. Well okay, cub- for this trip.
0: Cubs and trees and, and Cubs of the Year and trees is what I actually wanted to get. Was that like number one? That, that was number one. I okay. mean, looking at looking at images that you guys have gotten in the past, um, that is definitely something that I was looking forward to the opportunity to photograph. Um, and then, you know, we talked on the way up about wolves being, wolves would be a great bonus. And then the first morning, we get the wolves. So, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't a dream shot, but it was a, a good environmental Portrait of the life that they lead, so that was a good opportunity. And um, I think
2: that's that's like some sort of part part of the discussion that someone listening could take away. Right? You can make something out of anything, sure. Right? So that yeah. shot wasn't. I think everybody's quintessential wolf shot would be a nice headshot yeah. or at least a full body portrait shot of a wolf, right? Mm-hmm. But we had the situation, and then you just had to come up with something it's like, okay, well, we got wolves, so but they're what? Well three hundred yards away, maybe?
1: I challenge people to go out of I don't sorry to interrupt no, but go to, ahead. to get out of that mold of that close stuff because if you think about some of the most famous wildlife painters, they're painting this big scene landscape with the animals in the world and that's what this image is. Right. So I it there's there's perhaps a little more I mean, it was still very exciting, and there's always that adrenaline because you're trying to, in wildlife photography, you're on the tips of your toes. You've got to make this happen quickly. Equipment, right. composition, everything's got to be done right. You know, we certainly miss some for whatever reason, but when we mm-hmm. get it, it's, it's a thrill. So this was thrilling. It probably may be as thrilling as if it was full frame. But, you know, people, it's, uh, to be closer is always more intimate. And I think that full frame or the headshot peeking through the foliage does that. But, you know, I encourage people to think about the landscape and, I mean, the, the wilderness yeah, they live in. And, and I think it is, is as strong an image yep. at the end of the day, if not stronger, because of that.
0: And the, actually the first bear that we saw this morning, I just had vision just sugar plums dancing in my head because the, the background where this bear was located was just incredible. It was at a high a high point with a drop off. And, yeah, and and, 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 yeah. and mountains, you know, the peaks real high, peaks in the background, and uh, you know it, it wasn't a great foreground, unfortunately, and he didn't really give us that opportunity to get that, you know, full scene portrait that I was I was thinking might come to fruition, but it it was great. I mean, just just being in that atmosphere and. That's. It,
1: one of the things about filming in the northern Rockies is is that opportunity from everything from a close shot of, a, of an animal to mm-hmm. this landscape, and, and you can cover all those bases. So I'm really hopeful that we'll have at least one, if not more, than one opportunity as the week progresses yeah. to do that in the right kind of light where it balances and you can get the mountains. and
0: Yeah, I, and we were, I, we were able to put ourselves in a good position to get those shots today just you know when we needed an animal to, to stop they didn't or when we need when we thought, based on where they were headed, the trajectory where they were walking, we thought, Okay, this is gonna be perfect. We were set up in position to get those shots, mm. but you know, animals are wild, they do whatever they want. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes they come downhill when you think they're gonna go up
1: yeah when that happened that happened quite a bit yeah it did for me I, you know I had certain windows I expected the animal the bear to come through and it didn't it veered off ten yards one way or another right. it's a whole different readjustment to do it but I, and and not to be that guy i, I don't I, I didn't want to say this but I mean I got the shot before you came with the mountains and
0: the bear yeah you are that guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not saying it to rub it in um, uh-huh. it's doable and I, I'm right. quite confident you will have, we'll have that opportunity. You'll have yeah, that before absolutely. we leave here because, there, are, uh, you know, on this trip, we'll be traveling um, an hour and a half in any given direction from home base, maybe two hours. And through those landscapes, as we go and look for wildlife, uh, so oh, absolutely. there's so many opportunities yeah. for that backdrop. It's just a matter of the light being right to accommodate the foreground all the mm-hmm. way to the mountain. And, and cause there's no point if the mountain's lit and the animal's in the shade, it doesn't fly, right? Yeah,
0: and that, um, the exposure was a problem today. I mean, even if he would have given us the opportunity, the, the sky was, uh, there wasn't a lot of light. And so to get the subject, the bear, in proper exposure, you kind of had to overexpose the image just slightly, you know, maybe plus two-thirds, which is going to lighten that background. But that, you know, especially with the D850 and and the uh, dynamic range that that camera has, you can bring those highlights back down and, and get all that detail back. And
1: Well, so, well said. But that's a that's We've a whole... We've been talking <laughs> about that in the... In yeah. a, oh, as you guys are... In controls. the van, yeah. 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 What, talking about what exactly? Well, with the dynamic range of this camera and how it can recover some of that. And that was, you know, historically, it would be a big challenge, you know, with right. the White Mountain... Top's or with a bright sky and then a, a black animal, a black mm-hmm. bear. I mean, mm-hmm. to get both of those exposed properly, you just have to hit it perfectly with with your shutter. And the
0: yeah, and the hairs on yeah. the on a black bear are fairly fine for an animal that big. So to to keep that detail, you want to expose for the animal, right? And right. then you can you can fix what you need to fix after the fact.
1: That's another good. That's another hack, good so. hack. Yeah.
2: Animals priority number right. one,
1: and then compensate the best you can for yep. the surroundings. Yeah,
2: right. Because on the 850, you guys can crop in 75,000 times and <laughs> just get the animal <laughs> if you want to. Right. I am, uh, you know, yeah. Without without talking too much
1: about certain manufacturer this or that, I'm loving this camera for for all kinds of reasons, and that's another one. Yeah, is a 45 megapixel, and you know, uh, one of the short videos I did today on the hike on on the on the Osmo for the uh, on the iPhone that we'll be putting up um, just to show where we are on this adventure and and what we're experiencing I'm recording a lot of that uh, on any given outing that we do um, but I mentioned that um, by having a 500 millimeter and, and then having the 45 megapixel sensor the crop factor just changes that so it's easy to theoretically at the end of the day of the equivalent of what might be a 1,000 or 1,200 millimeter shot otherwise because it's such a huge sensor you can crop in and the di- dynamic mm-hmm. range will support it. And, and I was uh, telling Ron earlier, I, I had edited some images that I had taken recently back in Ontario of wildlife. And with this camera, they were horizontals, but they suited so well, I had very limited time to shoot the subject. I would just walk past my blind, and, and um, but I could crop them vertical for the first time for cover as well as a horizontal from the same file. I mean, what does that do for things, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. We rarely have the chance to shoot the same image in that perfect behavior, that perfect expression, that moment in both horizontal and vertical for two applications. So historically, for the the magazine world, you want that horizontal that doesn't, you know, you split the ammo off to one side so the page center doesn't divide up something important in the image. So I often compose work on my compositions that way and shoot so the animals off to the side. But then it could be a majestic bear. You want to do a vertical as well for a cover or a calendar or something. So, but you can do that now from all this one file. That's amazing to me and saves time in the field and, and makes one image so much more marketable to different platforms. Exactly. Well, and I
2: think more important than the time in the field, it gives you that one image to capture everything, right? Because you're right, in, you couldn't do that in the past. You either had to say, I'm going for a cover or I'm going mm-hmm. for an inside spread. Mm-hmm. And you just shot accordingly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times whatever you're shooting to dictate it. But if you had a bear or a situation where you're like, okay, I could do one or the other. It's both going to work. And I always went for the cover, right? You always go for vertical. And if you look at all my old files, it's all vertical first. And then if there's time, go to horizontal. But now I think I have, I don't have the same camera you guys have, but I can still crop a vertical out of it and, and make it oh, quality absolutely. enough for yeah. a. For that vertical file. So then I err on horizontal now, just before.
1: Those are the two highest paying historically in this business. But the cover is the best, like you say, for all kinds of reasons. For
2: promotions, but also for pay scale. But
1: so that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I agree with that. So another teaching point, I think, or pro tip or whatever you want to call it, and this being the first day. And so we talked about this situation where you got, you saw this really cool background. Mm -hmm. You did have the animal, but not everything lined up quite right, right? But now that's in the memory banks. And if you're going to be here for 10 days, and it may not be at that exact place, but what it does is it says, okay, we've got these majestic backdrops. So now they start finding places as we cruise around looking for wildlife. And, you know, putting a specific animal in a specific spot is really hard. It's all serendipity, right, Mm -hmm. ultimately. But at least if you have them picked out, and you know you're coming up on a spot. And if just by chance there's a bear there or a wolf there or whatever, you already have it kind of designed. And that's one less thing to think about before you actually – or one less thing to think about so that you can get out and just do your thing as fast as fast as you can to get that shot. So I think that's – I mean, early on I didn't think about that as much. I mm-hmm. just was – it's all about the animal. You just find whatever. And I, you wasn't. you weren't thinking ahead. And I just think it's good for people to think about – those kinds of things when you first get to a place just to kind of look at all the opportunities that are out there and possible.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's wise if you map it out you know you if you're doing a trip like this where you have a f- fairly good chance of finding the wildlife in a majestic landscape then you think about the trip beforehand and map out what you what your dream collection of images would be you know you might want the close-ups but obviously in this landscape you know I don't by god take Take advantage of these mountains, right, I mean, right. and these rivers and and just it's incredible, so you gotta by planning ahead and and it trains your mind so that when your eye sees it, you recognize it and take the image uh, when the bear moves into it, you see you pan back and, and right. zoom and, and, and capture it. so i think it's it's good planning that's a good suggestion that's a great hack before you do a trip, you know, and you can look through all kinds of things online. Uh, traveling to certain destinations and and it just see what other people have filmed and and or photographed and that helps you know there might be two or even if it's just two or three compositions that may not have occurred to you that right. could really boost what you come away with you know if you have an opportunity to be in the company of a bear for 20 minutes you know you may get time to shake it up and do those different compositions Mm -hmm. and if you haven't if the person hasn't been exposed visually it won't occur to them perhaps so I think it's good to research visually online for these animals for the locations that people are going to and and make a wish list and then I think they're more like you're exactly pointing out more likely to think of it when in that heat of the moment that excitement like oh yeah I just got the face shot but wait look at that that's that vertical I was hoping for with the whole landscape and the mountain right you know and then everything else just you know with wildlife you get surprises you know, the cub comes out and, and they interact, you know, the sow and the cub or two cubs start playing and one's dangling from a branch because they are like monkeys and can climb right. trees and yeah. upside down and are fearless. And even if they do fall, once in a while they do, you know, they have s- such a light bone mass to body rate, ra- weight ratio that they don't injure themselves most of the time.
0: Right back up the tree.
2: Right back up the tree. Fearless. Yeah. I saw one fall watch. like 10 feet a couple of years ago and landed in a pile of uh, pine needles and no big deal mm-hmm. up and back of the tree you know fighting feisty yep. and nothing it was pretty cool
1: and that's that's another thing too with wildlife i know we've touched on this but just take time and enjoy it if the light's not good watch
0: right, right. right. exactly sit
1: back watch through your binoculars if they're close enough to watch with your eyes great watch your spotting scope just have fun where you are with the animal behavior so.
0: and that's you know that goes back to what i was talking about, about kind of visualizing this shot and not being able to get it, it's you kind of get spoiled pretty quickly when you you start your more start the first day off with triplets in a tree and then the next morning you get up and there's wolves running down the river. It's easy to get spoiled and think, you know, why couldn't that work out? But I got to see it. Still got to see it.
1: So we didn't get the perfect image yeah. with them I mean the cubs in the tree. There were two in the scene instead of three. But I mean, I'm I'm so stoked that the beginning of the trip's been that good for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping there'll be other really top notch opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping
0: this pans out like Alaska and it oh. just keeps building on itself. So every
1: day's every day's wish <laughs> happens and right. unfolds right. And uh, yeah, I, I can see the ante creeping up here because day one was so good. Right. As far as collecting some good imagery and some great mm-hmm. experiences, what will they two bring? But, you know, and, and another cool thing about the mountains here is, is for the most part, the weather is variable. Right. So we've had sunny moments. We've had cloudy moments. We've had precipitation today. I mean, I know through some of the high mountain passes you guys drove in, there's snow, right? Mm-hmm. And we're early June now. So there's all kinds of things happening. But they, they really, the days are so long. You know, from 6 a.m. to almost 10 p.m., yeah. you can take pictures. Yeah, the light's strong enough and mm-hmm. out there exploring. You know, the challenge is stamina, right, day after day, long days and short nights. But, you know, something about when I get out here in the, in the higher elevations, the air's a little thinner. And for me, that's invigorating. I don't know. And I just love being on these trips. So I know I have more stamina than I, than I might at the computer editing as many right. pictures as I can
2: one afternoon yeah. and evening so it carries me through but
0: 14 hour day is not as bad as it would have been in the office for right. sure and
2: the, oh yeah well they go by fast too it, in the office it drags right sometimes oh, you'll yeah. be like oh it's only it's only noon I cannot believe. and you're out here shooting <laughs> and it's like you look at your watch and it's, it's already 10, noon <laughs> yeah or noon or whatever and it, you know oh I guess yeah. I'm hungry I should go find something to eat it goes by fast
1: it does yeah so much traveling and hiking and and just looking for stuff, oh, and then the excitement when you're on something. I mean, time is meaningless when you're when you're filming an animal, right? What else is going on but just the intimacy of that moment and trying to mm-hmm. experience it the best we can and and communicate that with uh, people who purchase and view our images too. So
2: it's yeah. It's so I guess just to set the scene for the rest of these podcasts for the rest of the week, let's just say what a ten day would be. If we had a rating, ten day. We can do that when it happens. <sighs> Well, today's a 10. I mean, we can do that. I can
1: throw the dice out there and say, here are my my two best or three best scenarios that I would see happening
2: here.
0: What was a 10 day for you?
2: I think a 10 day in general is, it's like when you get the cubs in a tree and you have the action in one spot, you know, it's just like with the wolves, they're moving, right? So you get a fleeting opportunity. So it's a good day, you get wolves, but it'd be great if they were on a kill or it'd be great if they were at a den where you could work them for an hour as opposed to minutes right yeah same with the bear so if you could get a bear that uh if it's a male and he happens to find a spot that he wants to get a lot of scent in and do his thing and he stays in that one spot for 30 minutes that would be a 10 day right because you got a lot of opportunities to work that one bear and then what else else? what's another good example of a of a 10 day here
0: what's a 10 day for
2: you mark and then I guess the exotic species, right? Oh, so yeah. So, a lynx. Sure. Oh, yeah. That or would do it. wolves would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, a mountain lion would be awesome. Oh, well, well, yeah. Sasquatch <laughs> or
1: two.
0: Yeah, we still yeah, have yeah. Sasquatch have on the table.
1: To, we have yet to accomplish that. Right. There, um, another interesting thing that's occurring right now is are the elk or calving. And so they're amazing because they hit the ground and in no time they're standing up and then in no time after that they're like playing and full of life and just taking in this whole world. But that dynamic uh, affects the wildlife populations where we are here because it's a prey species for the bears and wolves. And occasionally they get the calves. They're the most vulnerable, right? And at this age too, even though they can run, they're not as fast as they will be in weeks ahead. So that can occur. You know, you may end up, uh, if you're fortunate, you know, as far as documenting this, you can find a grizzly who's, you know, got a calf and what's right. going on, some of that dynamic. Not that that necessarily would be a 10, uh, it would just be a, um, really interesting to observe
2: and and, and, right. uh, and film. But um, another 10 day would be if you had a sow, black bear with cubs, yes. two or three, like in the morning. And then the afternoon, you get a grizz with this two or three or two cups. Well, that's, so that's, if you get that all in one well, day. more than 10.
0: Yeah. yeah, that might be 20. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> there are days where
1: we certainly are fortunate to find both black bears and grizzly bears and film them. Um, that's one of the magical things about the Rockies. But I'm, I don't like putting cards on the table in a bragging kind of way. That's not who I am. But I have to say, and again, it just allows me to put the picture in. Um, I don't. Sure, I think it was two nights before you guys came. I've I have filmed black bears for over twenty years and in many locations and I've never been able in all that time to get triplets together in an image that I that I liked and I've had twins but never triplet cup of the year and that happened a couple of nights ago and it was the same sow that we found last night mm-hmm. and that ravine that the cubs stayed down or last night or they were in the tree a little further set back than was ideal for what even with our big telephotos that we could really accomplish well the, when I was there um, again I think it was two nights before I love how time disappears when you get into the wilderness as it should right take the watch off I mean we have we have to watch it to a degree but uh, days blend together and that's obviously where my head's starting to slip here into <laughs> but um, there was only one other person and myself with this bearer the sow the two nights before, and so the cubs did come down out of the tree and then slowly come up over this bank to the point where all three were visible in front of her. And um, all three cubs and the sow were, were looking around and looking up, so it was a, a great image that I had, one of my best, I think, of as far as that composition of a black bear family, and they're all black. Uh, just, it was just mm-hmm. a beautiful scene. Um, so I, that was pretty close to a 10 moment for me. You know, after 20-some years, that's, Sounds the first, like it. that's the first that's the first that's happened. And that's, you know, this country, we've got bald eagles around. There's so many things that we could end up encountering. Uh, we saw a coyote den today. You know, we had a coyote opportunity mm-hmm. at near dusk tonight. You just don't know, and that's the thrill of being in, in True Wilderness filming. And so I'm excited to, uh, to share more of it
2: with you, Ron, right. and, yeah. and, well, uh, and revisit thing. it with you, Michael. Is he hasn't, he's only been two directions, right? Oh yeah, there's a lot of this you so yet. A lot of it that you haven't even seen yet. Yeah. So you know, who knows what the opportunities are there. So hey, I'm ready. <laughs> it could be really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we'll uh we'll keep coming out with a podcast every day on this as well as the uh the short clips, video clips we're gonna be doing of the adventure along the way. So in addition to the audio podcasts, um you know, please follow along and and follow those clips, and they'll be up on various platforms and up on our YouTube channel, Wild and Exposed. Our website's wildandexposed.com. And before I check out on on uh, the end of this podcast, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, or as far as the rest of the week? I mean, we have so much ahead of us. It's an exciting time, and and uh, moose. Well, and we're hoping to get moose calves would be a very exciting opportunity. Yeah, I don't sure. know
2: that we've seen that here mm-hmm. in the last several years because the moose population was down when I first started coming. I mean, in fact, it was, it was cool just to see a moose. Now you see them, but I don't think I've ever seen a calf of the year here.
1: Right. So in this area, from a biologist friend of mine that has been here all, all these years, there, there was a very healthy moose population years ago. And then there was a very harsh winter with a deep snowpack. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, a healthy wolf population, and, and that tipped the scale. And you know with the predator and prey, they fluctuate, right? Up. That's yeah. natural. You've got the prey species have a higher number, the wolf population increases, and the, the prey d- drop due to whatever, in the set of variables, yeah. and this time was deep snow in the winter, and the wolves um, capitalized on that. So that for probably six or seven years, the moose population has been low, but now it's rebounding, the wolf population's low. In fact, what I heard today was uh, from a friend of ours who uh, travels a lot in this area and his favorite animal is the gray wolf. He believes there are only four or five wolves in this whole area now. So we were extremely fortunate to see those wolves. And we should also spend some time revisiting that area and hoping to see them again perhaps because there are so few. But because of that, the moose population, which probably are about uh, 60 miles away from where we saw these wolves, um, they've rebounded the past few years. So I think we do have a chance at mm-hmm. seeing a calf, you know, and we'll see bulls with budding antlers and velvet. And so we'll keep our eyes peeled for that opportunity because, you know, calf, moose calves are super cute. And Hey, and I got the word, I got a moose into this podcast too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as long as we're in the North country, you'll we'll always do you it. How can you not? I mean, yeah. the only thing if we go to a podcast in Arizona, maybe I'll be stretching it's it. Gonna but be we cow- can do
1: Utah. You go as far south as Utah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's going to be tough, but we were talking about sage grouse, and we managed to fit moose Moose into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how that (laughs) happened. Yeah, and yeah. The the other thing with moose is a, it's not like you know if a pronghorn population has a big winter kill, and for the next few years they all have twins, that population can rebound quickly you guys are talking about a six six seven year span moose pop moose breed every other year so it no negative every they, three
1: no they breed every year they, well they they produce every year if they yeah, yeah. Assuming, sometimes
0: they'll carry a calf for a second season
1: they'll keep it so if they if they don't birth um so most ungulates will disperse their young as yearlings mm-hmm. so if they if they uh, don't carry through their pregnancy for whatever reason uh, failed pregnancy or or mm-hmm. aren't, don't mate don't find a mate um then the, the, what happens then is their yearling usually accompanies them for a second year um and but in this situation you know where there's so few moose right you know finding a mate could have been an issue if there are three or four moose up in in that high country you know, hopefully they did. And, and obviously they have because it's slowly come back. But yeah. there weren't yeah. enough animals for it to rebound. And, you know, if they're fortunate, they have twins. But then, you know, even though the wolf population is low, the one the main predator for moose calves are, are bears. Right. right? And, and there's, there's plenty of them. There are lots of bears. And, you know, mother moose are very protective of the young and very watchful. And, you know, unlike deer, for instance, um, who leave their young, their fawns, hidden and go mm-hmm. and feed and come back every four hours until the fawns are physically strong enough to run the predators. And then, you know, three weeks later, four weeks later, they start accompanying the, the mother. Um, the different survival strategy for the moose is they stay with the calf and, and protect it uh, vehemently mm-hmm. f- from day one. And wherever the mama moose goes, the calf goes. Whatever meadow she crosses, whatever creek she crosses, that moose, that calf has to keep up with her, or calves. Mm-hmm. But they still are vulnerable. To predators for the first few weeks that way, so they uh, very much. They so. they do reproduce annually, assuming everything works out, and and yeah. But so, having
0: singles, it it takes a lot longer to rebuild. That would have yeah, that would be the case, and
1: and mortality for moose calves, you know, is up to 50 percent typically mm-hmm. that make it through their first year. So you know that's natural. So it, it does take a while for a population to rebound that way but this is this is great country that we're in because i mean this is one of the northern rockies i just love the diversity of wildlife and you never know what we're going to see i mean i i spoke to somebody and you can have a lot of fun with these little dudes and they're not so little in some respects but there, there are three hoary marmots in this one valley um that i heard about and you know they're a lot of fun because the last time i photographed one i don't do it a lot because obviously it's not a big market <laughs> but, but You know, I I was approaching this this scree rock slope and there was one on this big boulder that's staring at me and I was maybe 40 yards away and I put up my camera and started to walk toward it and duck down. But what I quickly figured out was as soon as it disappeared, their curiosity gets the better of them. And I just, when it went out of sight, I'd quickly walk and then then stop and it'd come up and I was able to get, you know, very close and full frame images just because I kept tricking it. It would... Flee and see me move and mm-hmm. duck down in the rocks and the boulders again and pop up three feet over to the right five minutes later. But I'd taken 10 steps by then, you know, and just stopped and waited for it to resurface. That was fun. So, you, I mean, it's not quite as thrilling as, as bears and wolves and, and elk and so forth. But, but.
2: for video, i got to have all that to tell the story, right? Because it can't all be one animal. So I yeah. love that kind of stuff. You know, whether we could get – the other thing I was thinking about today too that we haven't even talked about or went and looked for, but pileated woodpeckers, oh yeah, are pretty abundant here.
0: Yeah, and we don't we don't have those in Wyoming at all. So mm. that's what's and cool don't about think, coming yeah, up here.
1: Colorado. No, either. we don't. Have we, them. You have to come to Ontario sometime. We have a lot of pileated woodpeckers. Do you? Yeah. They're just so cool because they're so big. Right? Yeah, they are. You know, big. that's just like wow. And they're fairly tolerant. You know, you can usually get just wandering through the forest. You can hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, different from other woodpeckers that way. But you can usually get within. 30 yards or so before they take off yeah hmm. um, and then if you know the tree they're working on it's just a matter of sitting in a blind and i mean i'm not saying it's super easy but i'm saying it's doable right where mm-hmm. they are and, and yeah they're a stunning bird right they markings are. and then just their heads how did these woodpeckers do this, right? I mean, I one one wring my head off that tree and I'm done. You know, they they can pound holes in it. It's amazing that they've evolved to do that, you know, and not to get too deep or, or philosophical on this stuff, but it just, you know, resonates as to the diversity of wildlife on this planet. How did these birds develop so they can hammer through a tree to get the insects inside deep? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? and then they make that cavity and then these other birds move in and nest and i mean
0: yeah we did you did show us a a flicker right cavity nest from last year you said right mm-hmm. yeah it was active last yeah. year yeah yeah it's a it's a good size hole
1: right so other animals will now use that mm-hmm. as a cavity if the flickers don't mm-hmm. right but uh, here in the in the northern rockies there's just a wealth of wildlife and that, the opportunity there you know with effort to get out there and so i'm Every day you don't know the wolves. We would never have predicted that today.
0: Yeah. I I wouldn't right have. No,
1: here. I I was on your list. So I what I want you to do is make an even better list for tomorrow. Not that I'm happy with today, but right. yeah, put yeah. put some good ones on the line. That they were, but I mean, let's do the links. Put that on there.
0: The the links is definitely on there. Okay, that's good. Uh, it's been it's been seen close to where we're at. So or there have been links seen close to where we're at. And the other thing it. If the opportunity presents itself to, to get some coyote pups, that would be incredible. Well, we might be able to. Um, well, we, saw well. that,
1: we saw that we saw den site. It's just a matter of uh, coordinating so the wind's to our favor. Right. You know, so there's no disturbance that way. And Wind and
0: cover. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's
1: possible. I would like to see that happen, too.
0: Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity we don't have every
0: day. I've gotten... I haven't gotten a wolf den, obviously, either, but all the canids in Wyoming, aside from wolves and coyotes, coyotes just have so much pressure on them uh, where I'm at that the opportunity just doesn't present itself. So to come up, up here in an area where they're, you know, there's not as much pressure applied to the species, I think that the opportunity could pan out. Oh, well, we can try. Yeah, yeah, let's try for it.
1: There's something, there's a bear, if I can just add in quickly, there's a bear that after all these years of coming up here that I, I have a, an affinity for because I've had some great photo shoots with this male. And um, black bears can live to up to 30 years if everything works out well for them in their world, right? Mm-hmm. And mature boars usually hit their prime around 15 years of age or so. And so he's got to be that. And I did not see him last year. That would be a thrill for me to, to find that big fellow in Given their longevity and, you know, they don't have quite as big a home range as grizzlies, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully that that would make my trip to see that guy and, and film him. Yeah, I've seen some of
0: the, your images of him. He's an impressive animal. epitome of animal. the species.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he comes back to the same area every year, so chances yeah. are good.
1: Within an area, find him within a, about a 10, 10 or 12 kilometer area. Mm-hmm. Yep they still move i mean they're looking for mates and and some of the black bears i mean i i've filmed black bears and grizzlies even more so but black bears where we've covered you know a a 30 to 40 kilometer stretch uh, of forest wilderness and found them again and and yeah we i mean people say how do you know it's the same bear well i mean just just like looking at our, our human friends and relatives we all have different facial features we do look different and trust me the more time you spend with animals Um, you, you learn, it just, it's just natural to be able to identify their different expressions. You think of somebody who has three golden retrievers or three black labs, you know, they all Mm -hmm. look the same to some people, but no, they're very different for those people that see them frequently. Right. So it's just like that with wildlife. And so we can identify the same bear and they, and and the males will travel a long way searching for mates and, uh, and grizzlies too. And we have a couple of biologist friends in this area and one of, uh, one friend said that a bear in the, a grizzly boar searching, and that's just starting, right? The grizzly mm-hmm. mating season's a little bit after the black bear. They do overlap. Both are occurring now. But the grizzly's just starting, and this boar apparently has covered 17 kilometers in the past day. So that's pretty amazing. So, they, But, you know, with luck, with effort, and with 10 days, right, glassing a lot of country, you hope, you hope to find a couple of familiar faces just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. always happen but it does uh, at the same time occur
2: yeah and it, it's easier with the older ones too right because they have habits and then they have a look to them with that it's easy to to tell some of these younger bears it's really hard because mm-hmm. they don't have the habits and they don't have that age on them where you see one immature black bear and another immature black. Bear. i mean it's really hard to tell them apart mm-hmm. but the older ones it's always easy and then some of the sows up here the black bears are cinnamon colored or You know, and it's easier to find them, too, or tell them apart. Both color faces for black bears. Yeah, some of them are even quite blonde, right? There's the odd one that's very blonde. I've mean, i not seen any in the last couple of years, but we saw one three or four years ago that was pretty common. Mm -hmm. So that can go on your list, too. You might as well add a wolverine, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the wolverine's on there. Oh, can we check the links off
2: first, and then maybe we'll think about
1: wolverines, maybe? No, no, no. no. (laughs) You know, we, we need to be prepared.
2: <laughs> somebody's, somebody's sounding spoiled here, but yeah, be prepared. Okay. Yeah, because I've not. I'm good with it. I'm good with that happening, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm not it. seeing the lynx here. Have you seen the lynx? Yeah, I've,
1: I've photographed lynx here. Yeah. And I know there have been three or four sightings uh, in the past week. Who knows how many cats that adds up to. Right. Whether right. it's the same one or whether there are three or four different ones. Um, some of the high country here, uh, you know, for the number of years I've, you know, let's say out of 10 years, um, three of them, I found links. So, and yeah. then the cool thing about links is, um, I mean, just how hard it is to find them, but they're not fearful of people. So it's not like they see us and panic and take off, but they don't care about us either. They don't look, they just do their thing. Mm-hmm. So when you find one, um, there's an opportunity to get great images. If the cat just wants to hang around and do its thing cats and yeah. if it doesn't if it has an agenda and just decides it wants to walk across some wilderness valley it's gone in no time right so it's just mm-hmm. no no predictability that way with what they'll do so i mean that's part of the excitement of filming them i guess and and why it's rare and why we all seek it seek to see them because that's it's yeah it's a thrill
0: and we did talk to a photographer today that saw three correct me if i'm wrong but three sets of triplets today
1: bears three yeah. Yep. two uh, and in that there was a this person traveled a lot of a lot of a lot of miles right. I mean th- yeah. th- their day covered about um 50 miles right and they they found uh, black bears it was quite a cool discovery right they mm-hmm. found three black cubs of the year with one sow and another sow who was cinnamon
0: also had three yeah she is
1: uh, she had three cinnamon Mm cubs. rarely do you get that you know even Mm -hmm. with with uh, twins or siblings it's two different colors right and we get into this give me a second here bear biology when a sow gets they behave very differently in their mating season both blacks and grizzlies so when a sow comes into heat she purposefully breeds with two three or four different males during her heat she will not stay with one And sometimes it's the male that bumps another male, a more dominant one comes in. But Mm -hmm. she will make a choice to go and breed with three or four. So rarely are those siblings from the same Same father. Same color, same, yeah. And evolutionarily, it's about their slow reproductive cycle every two or three years. So by mating with more than one male bear, it creates a greater genetic uh, diversity diversity for the offspring. And then just for that slow reproduction cycle it's advantageous that way so that they
2: each have a different likely
1: yes different different father really yeah and and this is even cool was well, this, yeah this is even cooler they have delayed implantation so they're they're fertilized okay. now the mating the copulation takes place in June but the eggs don't implant into the uterine wall I think until August and then that makes it so there's proper period
0: just puts them in the den, yeah.
1: Exactly. So the timing. What other mammal does that? None that I know of. So I mean, they've this evolutionary process for their life cycle is amazing for bears. It's slow, but they've compensated by doing this, right? They've the genetic diversity by the different sires, and then also this to compensate for denning, mm-hmm. um, the delayed implantation.
2: And that's just black bears. Nope. Or do grizzlies do that? too? Yeah.
0: Grizzlies also, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, wow. very cool stuff
1: going on. Yeah, I think we were talking about something else before I got really excited about that. And,
2: and had to, <laughs> no, had to I think that. we. I think we were. Uh, yeah, I. It, the list
0: is just going to keep getting added too. So, well, we're. You don't. We you do not we can not It's fun times <laughs>
1: either way. Absolutely. And the bull elk are spreading antlers at a, a rapid rate right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other years that I have been in this area and filmed for two weeks, I was astonished at the, I purposely um, was, I was working on a project I wanted to illustrate the antler growth. So I purposely, when I found a couple of bull elk at the beginning of the trip, did my very best to find them at the end of the trip as well. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. They virtually doubled their antlers in these two weeks. Yeah. I mean,
0: you, those size things size. are putting on about an inch a day
1: yeah anyway some, some yeah. bowls yeah yeah and so it's, it's quite something to see that and, but you yeah. don't notice it so much day to day if you happen to watch this one cut or clearing and see this bowl day after day in glass them, i don't see it as much but i was astounded when i looked at the beginning picture and the end mm-hmm. and it told it tells the story so well it's almost 11 it's 11 PM. o'clock so we're gonna get rolling because tomorrow yeah. morning we're we got to get up at six yeah up and out of here at six um and uh go out for the next adventure and we'll podcast on that and our results and we'll also be doing lots of videos and I'm excited about these videos because they're going to be short stories where you can watch um, who knows how many depends on how long the adventure is but they're only going to be a minute or so long and it'll be like taking you along with us when we go and film something so you know tomorrow if I get lucky and we see a bull moose or something in velvet and I'm able to develop the story around it as far as the hike in and the gear and what we're doing and then the encounter and uh, I just mm-hmm. I'm excited to be able to share that with the technology that we've brought on this trip. It's the first time I've had that at my fingertips, and it's so easy to use that I think it will translate really well into these short stories that people mm-hmm. can feel like they're with us. So you can find all this information through our website at wildandexposed.com, and there's links there. So you can and these short clips will be on YouTube, and then there's a, our audio podcast and tie in the visuals as well. I encourage people to go and and to look for those, and you'll see what we're talking about and why we're so excited about what's happened on each day of this fun trip that we're having together as a team. And at the same time, whatever platform that you're listening to us or watching, if there's a rating system of five stars or a thumbs up, please hit that, show us the love, and it helps us to continue to do what we love to do most and to share it with you. So until then, enjoy the great outdoors, and we will be in touch again soon.